All right. So you're listening to Shift Happens on Kootenai Co-op Radio, 93.5 FM in Nelson. And as we've explained in the past, for all of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, the format's changed a little bit. We're actually doing a two-hour repeat on Sundays from 11 until 1. And, of course, we're doing the regular show from, what time is it? Two o'clock. <laughs> two to two four. Two till four. But we are actually doing a slightly different format in that two hours as well. Yeah. We're going it's to... It's going to be even more confusing. Mix it up a little, yeah. yeah. And uh, I just wanted to reach out to everybody who heard my show last week about my childhood abuse and forgiveness and uh, say thank you for all of the support that I've received. It's, mm-hmm. it's lovely. I didn't share with you all so that I could get propped up by you, but uh, it's been a nice week of feedback and I appreciate that my story can um, help people to understand what it's like and um, have some compassion and and maybe more likelihood to forgive. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we were trying to be morbid on the show either. Uh, again, something that we're planning on doing on our show is stepping up our game um, in terms of communicating more emotionally honest, Mm -hmm. if you will. I don't think we've been dishonest up to this point, but there are times, I mean, sometimes when I'm feeling particularly out of sorts, I don't want to dump that on the audience. And so what I end up doing is maybe being kind of stupid, whatever. and <laughs> Just telling more jokes. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, sometimes there's a time for that as well. Yeah. I think it's really important to laugh at our problems and that somehow makes things a little bit better. Easier but, for sure, yeah. Yeah, but it's also important to dig in and sometimes uh, at least for me what I find really cathartic is when I'm processing something and then when I share it with the collective there it just seems to be it's almost like being on steroids and I'm not talking I'm not recommending people be on steroids but do you get my drift uh, not really. Well, but. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's one thing for you and I to have a discussion around the table. Right. But it's a whole other thing when we're actually sharing it with you, the listeners. And it's kind of freaky sometimes. I mean, we both kind of looked at each other and laughed at each other when we consider the things that we've shared of our personal life. And, but again, I think there's a strength to that. Um, we don't really have anything to hide. And, mm-hmm. I think it's really important that when we're processing something and because we do believe that we're all connected, it's important because it's kind of like that that pebble in the pond effect. If we're willing to share the deepest, darkest spaces in our souls, Mm -hmm. that maybe that will light up something inside of the listener. Well, I'm always surprised at how... um, these things do resonate with other people. And often when we're dealing with something and we share it, other people are also dealing with similar things. And it's helpful for them to hear exactly that we are also dealing with it and vice versa. It's helpful to get that feedback and know that other people are thinking about the same things. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, you know, about relating to this, your comment about being emotionally honest, the difficulty for me is in sharing that stuff is that I am always processing it. It's kind of on a low boil, but when I share it publicly and I get a lot of feedback um, and not to say, don't give me feedback, that's great. But what ends up happening is I end up processing more for a period of time. And so it's, it's not easy to bring all that stuff up and then have to process it again yeah. Emotionally. But you're processing or processing. What is the correct term anyway? I think <laughs> tomatoes, the Ameri- tomatoes. Yeah, the Americans pronounce it in a different way, but yeah, Canadians are always right. Right? Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, so when you're processing, even of late, I mean, you're going through a physical experience, are you not? Often, yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into it again, but what happens for me right now when I connect to that aspect, when I'm bringing up 
my young childhood experiences, I end up um, shaking. Yeah. And um, and I've been going through that since sharing it on the radio. So mm-hmm. so forgive my um, reluctance to share it on a regular basis, but um, I I will keep people informed as to progress or if I, you know, discover any insights that work for me, I'll definitely share it with the collective. Because that's how shift happens. Yes, it is. It, right? We all heal together and yeah. it's not always easy. But um, one of the things that I can say is before I started dealing with this stuff consciously, before I had remembered, um, I was emotionally numb a lot of the time. Yeah. And I, I reached a point where I wanted to feel. I wanted to feel joy. Um, and unfortunately, if you're going to open up that can of worms and there's a lot of repressed stuff in there along with feeling joy, you are also feeling the flip side. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but at least you're feeling. But I'm feeling. And yeah. for me, it's worth it. I think it's like you know people who are manic and uh, or bipolar, whatever way you want to put it, and uh, they don't want to take their lithium because they don't want to feel uh, numb. Numb. They don't want to yeah. feel. They don't want their feelings turned down mm-hmm. um, because so much of the joy we experience in the world is when we are feeling intensely. So that's kind of where I'm at. I I'm prepared to deal with the the memories in order to be able to feel. And, and that seems to be the the whole crazy thing in in psychiatry these days, right? I mean, the drugs. Yeah, they prescribe a drug so that you drugs. don't feel the the pain. Yeah, but it's by feeling the pain and digging in and rooting it out that you clear it. At least that's my logic. Yeah, and I don't have any personal experience with it, but I, you know, I know a lot of people who self-medicate. Um, you know, if it's marijuana or whatever it is. Well, we all self-medicate alcohol. to a to a degree. I mean, whether it's coffee, chocolate, or whatever. I mean, yeah. there is a chemical reaction that happens when you. But what I'm something. talking about is in, and I totally can understand because there's been times, even this week, with after having shared, where I'm like, I really don't want to deal with this. Yeah. every night for nights in a row. Um, but, and I, so I can relate to the desire to kind of turn things down for periods of time. But I think if you get into the habit of doing that all the time, yeah, then uh, you're, you, you don't feel the pain, but you're also not processing the pain. So you're never getting beyond it. Mm-hmm. And I am, um, I feel like I'm making progress. I, I do have still, Days where I am in my flight or fight mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have days where I feel like a, a vulnerable little girl in the world, but I have a lot fewer days of those than I did 20 years ago. Right. And I mean, as she shared last week, all of this kind of became exposed when I was first in relationship with Anna. I saw her being mistreated physically by her elderly father as he was walking out the door. And no one else in the room even noticed. So all of her family was there, but everyone just, it's like they looked the other way. They didn't even have to look the other way. They just didn't even notice it. Well, it was normal. Yeah, exactly. And that's not to point the finger at the family. It's just simply, this is what happened. And here I am, an outsider uh, in that family system, that structure. And I mean, hey, in my family, someone looking at it from the outside, they would have said, yeah, <laughs> there's definitely some issues there, there, and there. I mean, it's just the way it is. It's easier when you have that yeah. perspective. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, it was my reaction to that that encouraged Donna to contact some of her friends that she had in art school because she was going to ACAT at the time. And that's when her friends basically, you know, they agreed with me mm-hmm. and said, uh, yeah, that is definitely not normal. And so for me, I've had to live with this. I mean, I've got my own stuff. You've had to support me through my issues, my brokenness. Yeah. And, and then, of course, I return the favor. And 
that's what's really powerful when you know that you can be your most vulnerable and your most screwed up in a relationship and that the other person isn't going to run away, that they're going to stand there, they're going to hold space and there'll be a shoulder and an ear. Yeah. And so that's really the magic for us is that relationship. I don't know if I would have been able to face it uh, head on the way I did if I didn't have you in my life, if I didn't have someone supportive, especially back then when the kids were younger and I couldn't Mm -hmm. be a basket case and look after the kids. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there were days when I was a basket case. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to do it if I didn't have the support and if it wasn't a safe place that you were creating for me. So, yeah, and and I have tried in my own way to return the favor. And very effectively. It's like we try to outdo each other or something. (laughs) Well, it's kind of cool though. I mean, that's the thing. When, When you know that it really is an investment that you're making in the other person, not that you're giving in order to get something back, but there is that trust level that, okay, if you're going to go deep into the soup and that you can trust your partner and hopefully more than that, you know, a close circle of friends, Mm -hmm. that they will be there and hold space and just be your sole family, if you will then you can go into those deep, dark places and do a little digging. Rooting around. Rooting, yeah, rooting stuff out, removing the pus, if I can say such a, a gross word, whatever. But really, that's what it is. It's, it's festering. It's, it's not healthy. And for me, for those of you who've listened to our show in the past, I had open heart surgery three years ago. And a lot of that, yes, there was the hereditary stuff and blah, blah, blah. But so much, when I look back on the whole period of time leading up to it, there was so much self-hatred, so much self-punishment for things that I, the evils that I had done in the past. And well, the evils were through the, the eyes of others. And so having you offering perspective for me Mm -hmm. and saying, what are you, nuts? (laughs) (laughs) Right? And slowly but surely you realize, okay, I'm not that bad. And even if I was bad, I mean, where did it come from? And that's really where we have to go, I think, if we're going to heal individually and collectively. And, And part of offering forgiveness to others and that's something that I feel strongly about that that it's an important stage of the process of yeah. healing to offer forgiveness but part of that is so that you have the capacity to forgive yourself mm-hmm. because most of us if not all of us who have been abused especially as children because we don't have the capacity to put it in perspective we somehow blame ourselves we take that on yeah and you can't forgive yourself without being able to forgive the others involved in the situation yeah it's it's like you just get stuck in limbo mm-hmm. definitely and then you feel that you deserve it and so you invite it into your life over and over and over again and it becomes a pattern mm-hmm. and God forbid you have children during that process and then you pass that pattern on to them mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. It's All of that can be undone. It can be. The, the magic of the apology, right? Yes. Yeah, being willing to say I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing because we have so much ego attachment to being right. Well, not only that, but when you, when you haven't got a lot of self-esteem, when you've been through something like this, it's not so much ego attachment, I think, that the difficulty in, in acknowledging that you've done something wrong. Yeah. It is that your sense of self is already so fragile that if you then admit that you're in the wrong on something, mm-hmm. that just erodes it even further. Mm-hmm. It's so you're just clinging to this this constructed uh identity that's very, very delicate Mm -hmm. and you can't afford to knock on it in too many places. And there again is why it's so important to have your circle of friends. Mm -hmm. People that will simply accept you for wherever you are 
and just let you be, mm-hmm. and you return the favor. And anyway, what's coming to my mind, I want to play another piece of music. And this one um, I heard about through our sons, actually, and that was a few years back. And on our show, you'll notice that we don't play a lot of rap. It's not exactly our cup of tea. But for me, as I will always say, if it's got a really good message, it doesn't necessarily have a, uh, or it doesn't have to have a melody, but it has to really mean something and it has to pull on my heart. And this particular track, I'll, I'll warn you, there, it's a bit of a trigger alert. Alert! I can't talk, I need more coffee. Um, but for me, the way... I find it so magical because it's actually talking about the person who is trying to support the individual that was abused. And, but there's a mix in the lyrics and it's, it includes both. And it's kind of the way life is, right? If I I know the song that you're talking about, it had us both in tears the first time we heard it. Yeah. And then I read the lyrics this morning and I was crying like a little baby myself. So... (laughs) Anyway, real men do cry. Um, Anyway, the name of the track is Baby Girl, and it's by an artist named Brother Ali. So I'm going to play that right now, and then we'll be back. Got to deal with the demons before they deal with you. Good line. Anyway, that was Brother Ali. And the name of the track was Baby Girl. And you are listening to Shift Happens on Kootenai Co-op Radio, 93.5 FM in Nelson. And yeah, my name is Jeff. And I'm Anna. We have 10 minutes before the top of the hour. And yeah, so again, we, we got the some of the heavy stuff out of the way here. It's not going to be all like that from here on out. But as we said, we're going to try and be more emotionally honest. And we've been told by friends that we should tell our story. And so over the weeks coming up, we're planning on telling you our story, how, well, I guess the past before we came together and then how we met and all the other stuff and all the weird and wonderful things that have happened on our journey together. And yeah, so hopefully you'll find it interesting. We found it interesting. (laughs) It's when we look back on our lives, we just kind of go, holy shift, man. It's been a journey. Yeah, it's been a journey. So yeah, so that's what's going to be happening over the next little while. And I think it's really important. I mean, the bottom line for us is is that we're not trying to share these things just for the sake of sharing stuff. It's like we said, we want to somehow make some kind of positive impact with our lives that maybe some of the lessons that we've learned can impact you. I mean, they say that experience is the best teacher. Well, in my opinion... Other people's experience is the best teacher. <laughs> I don't necessarily have to go through that stuff myself, mm, right? Sometimes you, you do in order to really get it, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. So, this particular track that I'm going to play is one that's always been near and dear to me, and I played it a few, to- few times over the five years. Five years, we're in our sixth year. Isn't that kind of scary? We've done... Probably 260, 270 shows between us in that time. Can't imagine what we thought of to talk about all that time. Yeah. Anyway, so it's definitely been a journey and we've, we've enjoyed it and we're going to continue doing it. Unless we get a whole bunch of hate, hate mail or whatever that say, get off the air. Shut up. But eh, we'll still do it. That's the beauty of being on co-op radio. As long as we don't say any F-bombs or other bad things on air that's hard to get rid of us. And believe me, they've they've thought of it. I'm no, just kidding. You're listening to Shift Happens on Kootenai Co-op Radio. That was The Greatest Love of All by George Benson. And I believe he was the original writer of that song. Whitney Houston recorded it and made it really famous. But it was he who actually did the tune originally. Originally, originally, I'm 
I'm being redundant, redundant. Anyway, you have a little story to share around that song. Do yeah, you not? it's a funny, funny story maybe, but back uh, before Jeff and I met and I was uh, really struggling with wanting to stick around um, and not really knowing how to deal with what was coming up for me and how, how to to move forward. And uh, I was dreaming and somebody, um, I don't really believe in angels. I don't have, I don't have a religious background, but I'll put it this way. A woman in a long white robe. <laughs> well, at least there was a woman. <laughs> yeah. Right. Before I woke up, she said, hang on, hang on. I need to play you this song and you really need to listen. Mm-hmm. And it was that song, Greatest Love of All, which is really all about self-love. But you know what's really funny, and, and I guess this is going to begin the discussion about the past, or at least we'll, I'll drop a few seeds about it. When I was in the cult, they said that that was, in essence, an evil song because it was about honoring the self instead of honoring God. Mm-hmm. And that's the twist, right? It's, it's amazing how something so beautiful and so innocent can be maligned, all dependent on the, the lenses that you're uh, looking through yeah. or the filters you're listening to. I, I remember also our interview with Tom Campbell. Um, yeah. And Tom's a lovely man and lives his life in service. And, uh, and we asked him about self-love as opposed to... Uh, selfless love because he's yes. he always says that love is sacrificing for another mm-hmm. um, and we asked him the question about well what about self-love and he said he doesn't agree with that as a term mm-hmm. um, because it sounds like egocentrism yeah so we've never had him on the show ever since <laughs> no Just but kidding. Uh, but I noticed when we posted the video of the interview of Tom Campbell that uh, there were other people who said, good for you for asking the question about self-love because it's a sticker for Tom. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of times it's just semantics, right? But the bottom line is, is that, I mean, as the good book, and that's my degree, the good book says that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. And to me, that's really what it comes down to. How can I know how to love my neighbor unless I thoroughly love and respect myself? Mm -hmm. It's true. I don't really see how you can do one without the other. I think your capacity to love others is limited by your capacity to love yourself personally. And so, again, as we mentioned in the first hour, we're going to be more emotionally honest. And what I wanted to do is share a track by Nina Simone that, I mean, again, it's one that always sends shivers up and down my spine. And I was on the phone with with Judy Wapp this morning and I said, I'm going to play some jazz today. And she was all excited and hopefully she's listening out there. Speaking of someone who was, I think, manic, she was a very tortured soul. Very interesting and and heartwarming and heart-wrenching documentary that we watched mm-hmm. on her in the last year. It yeah. could have been six months ago or 24 months ago. All the months kind of flow together. But anyway, it was, it was really impactful, that's for sure. So what this track is, is it's called Feelings. And that's, you know, the original. Is it the live performance? It's the live performance, right. yeah. And it was at the Montreux Jazz Festival. And the audio quality is really not the greatest, but who cares? It's about the message and the delivery. And I always thought of her in my ignorance before I I was turned on to her by our friend Ren, actually, who lives in the cusp. I mean, I'd, I'd heard Nina's performances, but I just didn't associate it with the name. But anyway, um, it just totally totally blew me away but I thought she was just a vocalist I thought that the piano accompaniment was done by someone else but it's actually she's Nina. an amazing pianist yeah I think she's more I think she's an amazing pianist more than she was a vocalist 
and you'll hear it in this track, but it'll just, well, hopefully it sends shivers up and down your spine. That's my hope. And anyway, so enjoy it. And after it's done, we'll be back with a little more banter around the microphone. At this point, we wanted to talk about critical thinking. Yeah, well, we've been discussing this for a little while now. I I guess I think I originally started really thinking about this when the kids were little and uh, going to school. Mm -hmm. And I felt I was there pretty much every day volunteering. And I I felt that there was a, a lack of expectation on the part of the school system and the teachers to have the children think about things, find their own answers rather than being fed them. That was my main criticism of the school system early on was why give it to them uh, even at a young age? I don't think it's too much to ask to have children really think about how do you come up with a solution to a problem? Yeah, exactly. And This is why you can't have that extra piece of dessert. <laughs> and this is why I won't let you watch six hours of TV. Right. Right? Well, there was a certain amount of that also. <laughs> but um, I think that one of the things that um, has been a consequence of that, of the... Um, lack of expectation within the school system to have children thinking critically. And I'm not saying this across the board. It was my experience with the boys early on Mm -hmm. in the particular school they were in, which I don't think was a bad school. It's just that it was set up to follow a curriculum that was government mandated and they had to get through a lot of material and in order to do that, they didn't really have the time to walk the kids through the thinking process. They basically were feeding them information. Yeah. And it's got to be frustrating for the teachers as well when they're having to, to comply. Oh, to, I think so. Yeah. I think, I think it must be. We're not pointing the finger at teachers, okay? We're just saying that it just seems kind of screwed up that yeah. so much is expected of everyone and so often nothing actually really gets digested or learned except for the memorization of facts. Yeah. So what has happened in our society is that when we are faced with um, polar opposite ideas, as an example, we haven't the ability to really think about the other person's perspective and integrate it into our own and find that middle ground. Yeah. Um, we are, we're taking a position often based on some affiliation, political or otherwise, and we believe everything that's given to us by our side and disbelieve everything that's given to us by the other. Oh, I got to play something soon. And, uh, okay. Really soon. He's got this amazing ability for, for songs to pop into his head that relate to whatever topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, this isn't a song, but go on. Okay. I'll shut up. Anyway, um, so this is, this is my pet peeve that I kind of wanted to talk about at this point is this whole thing of, of the lack of debate going on in the political discourse right now. Um, and There's I, a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of position taking and finger pointing. And we have been watching this polarization uh, that is really getting us nowhere. And yeah. and almost logic and sense has gone out of the conversation. I mean, look at Trump as a good example. It seems like people believe him or disbelieve him based on their political affiliation okay. and it's nothing to do with logic. You just have to hold that thought. Okay. I, I got to play this clip now. Okay. 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 So this is an example of what we're talking about. And I would venture to say these are people who have not developed the skill of being emotionally honest either or critical thinking. And so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you will laugh. Some some of you will be depressed. It's a combination of both, but it definitely is a narrative for the time in which we live. So enjoy. We won with poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. Huma Abedin, 
appears to have a Muslim name. Um, and maybe they're connected some way in, in, a, in a form of traitorism against America. Do you think because she has the name Huma Abedin, she might be a traitor? Well, she might be. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I can't really say that. Go Trump. His name's not Hillary. Neither is Bernie's. Yeah, but he's a socialist. Okay. What does that mean? He just, his, he's just not, like, he's just not good. Like, I don't like him at all. Okay. How do you feel about the issue of sexual assault and whether it's a... Let me ask you this. When, when he said that, he was, he was a Democrat. He's opened his eyes. Now he's a Republican. He's sorry for it. Okay. Who said communist down here? What, do you, what did you mean by that? Well, all you have to do is study it out. Just study it out and you'll see. You haven't done your homework, buddy. And what, what do I need to study? He's a communist. And those of us who are not voting for him know it. And what do you mean by communist? You don't know? No, just tell me. Help me out here. You don't know? I just want to know what you mean. Oh, I know what I mean. Well, help us out. You're on national television. Oh, I know I'm on national television. Well, tell me what you mean when you just accuse a guy of being a cop. Do you think he's you an American? You just study it out. Is he an American? Oh, no. He's not an American. No. What is he? What country is he from? He, just because he was born here doesn't mean that he's, he thinks like us. He's a communist, buddy. Okay, thank you. Well, we need to focus on getting the homeless off the streets, giving housing. Oh, thank God. And Michelle, she, that's a man. So do you think, who's, wait, what did you say? Michelle's a man. Michelle Obama's a man? Yeah, a female. Okay, what proof do you have? You can see all of the media and pictures and everything. If you could describe Donald Trump in three words, what would they be? Three words, um, smart, brilliant, and a good negotiator. Um... A man of his word, but it's got to be a single word thing, right? Uh, if you could describe him in three words, what would they be? Perfect, majestic, perfect again. Uh, if you could describe him in three words, what would they be? Powerful. He's not a bitch. Manly. And if you could describe Donald Trump in three words, what would they be? Uh, I would say he's... Okay, can you edit this? Yeah. Okay. He is... No, well, can you ask me the questions beforehand so I can think about it? Oh. I come from a Christian background, so definitely like something that's good for me because like now we get to actually celebrate like Christmas and stuff. You weren't celebrating Christmas before. No, we do, but oh. like it's like Christmas, like it's not. Like, you like wouldn't get each other gifts. Oh, we do that too. Oh, so yeah, but it's what, like, were, what weren't you doing? But before? people like say you know like, Happy Holidays and other people like. Oh, and that was offensive like, to you. Yeah, it's not offensive. I'm like oh. offended by so you, it. You didn't really. It wasn't even really an issue before. No, it wasn't an issue for you, but like. But you feel good about it now that you can do it. Yeah, now it's like he's just like okay, it's Christmas, and everyone's like okay. We could feel good that it's Christmas. Exactly. Even if we never felt any different before. Right. Do you have an issue with Roy Moore? No, I don't. He's a man of God. And so definitely, like, I don't believe anything that anyone says about that. You don't beat the women? Mm -hmm. No. And I'm not, like, downing any of the women that have actually been sexually assaulted. Isn't that exactly what we're doing? No, it's not. I'm not saying, like, oh, like, no. No, it's a very, like, serious issue. And I don't. Definitely you, there's, there's under no circumstance should we doubt those women no, in that sense. Definitely. I don't want to be one of those people who just doubts women because Yeah, that's, exactly. I'm not trying to do that. No. And there's such a fine line between it's, it's like it's a partisan line. Right. And so if it affects the person I'm rooting for, it's like then, then I know where I stand. Right, exactly. Oh, we are for Trump all the way. You think they have a point over there? No. No? How come? Because I'm for Trump and he's the only man that can make America realize that we need to stand up for our rights. What happened to your rights? They've been taken away by Obama. What do you think about the idea of loving thy neighbor? Uh, you don't want somebody living next door to you that's going to sneak over and murder you in your sleep. Who's going to do that? Muslim. Grab it while you can, Trump. What? What is it? The pussy! Yeah! <laughs> Grab it out while you can! Except I can't talk like that in front of my daughter. <laughs> you just did! He represents the godly people of the United States of America. Do you think he's always acted like a, a good Christian? Absolutely. Yeah. How can you build that kind of empire if you're not praying to God for good things every day? What if a picture of Trump surfaced showing him smoking crack? Would you still vote for him? Absolutely. What if he stood in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shot somebody? Would you still vote for him? Absolutely. Even if he got a tattoo on his forehead that said, sit here, ladies? Absolutely. What would it take?
take for Trump to lose your vote? <laughs> nothing. There's nothing he could do to lose my vote. No matter what he says or does, I will vote for Donald Trump. If he thinks he's good, then he must be good. He's right with everything else. Are you willing to take his word for it? Whoever Trump says to vote for, you vote for. I do. Anything he says, I, he hasn't... Everything he says is true. It comes true. I think it's a maybe just to make you comfortable talking with other frustrated, sometimes yes. angry people. Yes. But maybe it's not true because there's no evidence of it. It's just stuff being talked about on the Internet, right? There hasn't been any non-evidence yet. Voting is a privilege in this country. And you need to be legal, not like California, where three million illegals voting. You believe that there was widespread voting abuse? I think there was in some states. In and the millions of people. I, California allows it. People they do not vote. allow illegal. You mean illegal. You mean voter fraud. California allows. This is the kind of person that needs to lead our country. God can use anybody. He used he used the harlots. And that's I'm, the thing. I'm, it's I'm, all I'm, about I'm, what God can do. God but, can do this. God can use this man. When Bill Clinton was president, my children came home from school and they had no idea it was actually called the Oval Office. They thought it was called the Oral Office because of yeah. the, the talk in the elementary schools. Okay, Bill okay, Clinton okay. educated my children at a much younger age than I wanted to. But Vicky, Bill Clinton isn't running for president right now. Exactly. We're talking about Hillary Clinton. No, but exactly. his wife is. His yeah. wife is. And they are a pair. The to allow her husband to disrespect her. Uh, I think that's hard. You're holding that to Hillary? What we sow is what we receive. So what's worse, Hillary allowing Bill to cheat or Donald Trump cheating? <laughs> well, I want to I want to be clear. Um, <laughs> want to do anything. Uh, Bill is his own man. But you're connecting his actions to Hillary. But because the, the, he is. Hillary Clinton's husband. But you're not connecting Donald Trump's actions to Donald Trump. <laughs> and But we can get along. We've been getting along for years. Until Obama stepped in there and started up the, the racial divide. I think we were all doing good. I don't like the fact that he thinks us white people are trash. Because we're not. Space Force. We need it. Making space great again. I am so excited about Space Force. I think ISIS could get to space. Space ISIS? Space ISIS. <laughs> Pretty much we need uh, regulations in space because you can do whatever you want. Isn't Trump against regulation? <laughs> yeah, but as a... Yeah, I just stuttered myself here. You know what? Space Force, it's yeah. just a cool name. I disagree with these experts. Somebody's got to stand up to experts. You don't claim that dinosaurs and humans walk side by side, do you? <laughs> of course I do. Dinosaurs were on the ark? Yes, yes, that's what I would teach. I'm going to do the best I can to help, uh, you know, forward those ideas. What about dinosaurs? Were dinosaurs on the ark? No! Yes. Sure they were. We don't know. He used to call me on the cell phone. We don't have a hope in hell. Anyway, that was Lunatic Fringe, and I thought that was an appropriate track to play after that clip that I just played beforehand. Is it not kind of scary what kind of craziness goes on? Well, it's not just south of the border. I mean, there's still pretty uneducated people in Canada, but it's really bizarre because here's a perfect case in point of not using critical thinking. They just choose their side because their daddy and their great granddaddy's daddy voted for that party and it's just the way it is or their church supports that particular party in spite of how absolutely ridiculous the, the leader of that party is there is also a faction in the states and i i think also in canada uh where we're voting for someone because we're voting against someone else yeah and and i think there's a 
there was an element of that in this last federal election for sure, just because we wanted to get rid of Stephen Harper. Mm -hmm. And in the situation with Trump, I don't think that he would have gotten in had there been any credible alternative. Well, and there were a lot of people ticked off that Hillary screwed over Bernie. Yes. And so, I mean, how many people did the kids talk to that said that's what they were doing? They were going to vote for Trump because of what Hillary did to 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 Bernie. Bernie. And so, I mean, I guess, yes, that shows a lack of critical thinking because just to kind of vote for someone so that they will blow up the system um, isn't necessarily the most productive way of going about it. But in a sense, I, you know, I'm not sure that there was a credible alternative. And I think Mm -hmm. that maybe blowing up the system was their only option at that point. Mm -hmm. I hope we have an option still in Canada. I'm not sure. Um, I see things like in this situation right now with um, the liberals, I think Trudeau expressed uh, a lot of concern for the environment, which he is not really um, following anymore. And it seems like that always seems to happen in politics. People have their their opinions, but then they get into office, voted in based on those opinions, and uh, begin doing the exact opposite. Or uh, more often than not, I believe doing whatever is in the best interest of the corporations that are funding the parties. Yeah, but again, in in Trudeau's case, people did not vote for him. I mean, he's in power because of strategic voting. Voting. Uh, there was a couple organizations that rallied and they focused on the key ridings and that's mm-hmm. how it, it happened, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And... Again, it's still better, I think, to have him in power than the individual that was in power, the reign of terror that we enjoyed in the country beforehand. But again, it's still going to come down, in my personal opinion, is people have to tune in to how they feel about a situation. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, when you're watching whatever it is on the boob tube and you're being informed... How does it make you feel? Yeah. It's really an easy thing, right? You're listening or you're watching or you're reading, whatever. And the key, in my opinion, is just tune in to the deepest part of yourself. And how does it make you feel? Again, you have to be able to feel in order to, to yeah. do that. And, and that's where really practicing emotional honesty um, is beneficial because at that point you do know how you feel. But that can be a trap as well, because I know people that are addicted to the negative news. Yes. So, so you can take it to another level and actually destroy Mm -hmm. yourself because all you're looking for is the, not the silver lining, but the actual cloud itself. And there are plenty of those. Yeah. What I've been practicing lately Mm -hmm. is um, listening to the opinions of others, suspending any um, awareness of what their affiliations are. Right. Really trying to listen without prejudice. Yeah. Because, yeah, hey, I, I'm left for the most really? part. I'm pretty much a socialist. Oh, Bernie, that. I'm yay. dumping you, baby. If only we had a I'm Bernie in Canada. I'm dumping you. <laughs> but uh, I do think that if we can suspend our affiliations and listen honestly to the other side, we can often find common ground. Um, but so often, even I've noticed since I've tried to do this, where my, my instant reaction, if I'm listening to somebody who identifies with conservative, for instance, yeah. well, I'm, I'm more likely to jump down their throats on stuff, mm-hmm. honestly. And that's a trap too, because just because someone is conservative doesn't mean that they don't have valid points. Mm-hmm. It's just when anyone pushes their particular agenda, 
and they're using the tools of manipulation to make that happen. I mean, how many environment, how many environmentalists have we heard where they skew the facts, they skew the data, and so they sensationalize something, and then so yeah. you jump on the bandwagon because you want to support, you want to be a good person, and but you then you find you, out that there's another side to it. Exactly, and so they didn't get all the information, and so what's happened to me. And I can say this, over the last couple, three years, I'm less likely to contribute with or contribute my name to a campaign Mm -hmm. unless I've done more homework myself because there are two sides. I am actually a lot less likely, strangely enough, you mention it, to trust someone who has always held a very strong position to not twist the facts. Yeah. You know, because there's that's been, their agenda. There's been several situations in our community, in our region lately, yeah. where I'm thinking, mm, yeah, you know, I'm sympathetic, but that's not entirely true. Mm-hmm. And when people do that, when they're exaggerating their own position, all they are doing is increasing the oppositional energy of that situation. It's, yeah. you know, it's really not helpful. If we can be honest with one another about the pros and the cons, we can usually come to some form of agreement. Mm-hmm. But when, when you take these polarized positions, it's just not helpful. Yeah. So that's kind of our, our lesson over the last little while is definitely read between the lines and use that critical thinking. For me, I always follow the money. We've talked on our show, just to give another example, we've talked a lot about diet and that sort of thing. We both had some health problems that were definitely causing us some issues, and we were able to solve a lot of those issues by changing diet. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we've talked about the keto or things that are similar to that. And what I find really quite interesting is when I go online and I'm watching documentaries and footage based on, you know, supporting this particular program, then all of a sudden you'll see a video that attacks coconut oil, for example, and makes it out to be the the evil thing that's going to kill you, for example. And I mean, the way I look at it is, is who is threatened by a change in diet? Mm-hmm. Using critical thinking. Well, the whole pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. And and prepared foods. Food, and Food industry. Uh, the soft drink industry. Uh, Monsanto. Yeah. And on and on and on it goes. Yeah. Uh, there's a huge uh, attachment in our society, in our normal diet to grains, which are really not on the keto diet at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of money behind keeping us eating the way we are, but eating the way we are is killing us. Yeah. And I have to say, I, it was killing me. And by changing it, and I haven't done it perfectly, but by changing the way I eat, it has had a radical change in my life for the better. Yeah. We're kind of all over the map right now, but uh, we are going to do a show in the near future about um, eating keto and cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And uh, insulin resistance, mm-hmm. all kind of related topics. Yeah. And trying to become unnumb. Yes. And I just set you up. <laughs> you wanted to play a tune. I wanted to play a tune by mm-hmm. Holly McNarland called Numb. Anyway, so you're listening to Shift Happens on Kootenai Co-op Radio. And we've been all over the map as usual. But this last little bit, we've been talking about... What have we been talking about, dear? Well, about critical thinking, about authenticity, about Mm -hmm. having feelings and being uh, honest about your feelings. Exactly. Honoring your feelings. Mm -hmm. So in light of that, I want to play another track. Okay. And to me, it's 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 what it all comes down to. We need to... Respect ah. ourselves. Yeah, right. And this is done by Melissa Etheridge, so it's a different version. I think the original was by Bruce Willis. But I really like this track, and I'm hoping that you guys will enjoy it too. So hold on. 
for Melissa Etheridge and Respect Yourself. Respect Yourself. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Shift Happens on Kootenai Co-op Radio. We're coming close to the end of our show. We got time for another couple tunes, maybe. But you're listening to your hosts, Jeff. And Anna. And, yeah, so... As we said, we're going to be all over the map for the next little while. It's just kind of hard to get used to not having two sections to our show. I'm stuck in this old modality where, I, you know, I play music in the first hour and then we got to make sure and let that come to an end so that we can start the second hour on time and do 58.3 minutes or whatever so that it would be prepared or it would be ready for re-airing on Sunday. And now all we do is a free-for-all for a couple hours. So yeah, I, I think I'm going to enjoy it, but it's going to take a little getting used to, but we're having some fun. So anyway, do you have any parting things that you'd like to say, Anna, before we conclude? Uh, no, I I don't think so. I'm happy to be doing the uh, looser sort of format as well so yeah. I'm looking forward to that and uh, look forward or or not to us sharing more of our own personal story and yeah and it's not all heavy stuff I mean we've we've lived some pretty exciting times in our lives right but we've also faced some challenges and it was the the caca of life that made us dig in deeper and try to find a place and a way to live that was more in alignment with our souls. And that was because we learned to feel, right? This is true. Yeah, and that's why we're in the Kootenays. I love the Kootenays. I love you, our listeners. I love my fellow programmers. It's a great place to be. I love that we can allow people to be authentic, to be who they are and accept them. Exactly. You know, I, I think that there's some pretty eccentric souls out there and it's all okay. But if we were dropped in the middle of Vancouver, it might not be. Uh, it was not okay for me. I mean, you were tied up in meetings, but it was not okay for me being in Victoria. I hated it. Well, I mean, there were aspects that I liked, but yeah. Anyway, we've already talked about that. So that brings us to the end of our show. I wanted to end off the show playing the Doobie Brothers. And the name of the track is called World Gone Crazy. And that's from the album of the same name. And I think it kind of sums everything up. So we're going to sign off for now. You've been listening to Shift Happens on Kootenai Co-op Radio. And we will see you next week. So we are at the top of the hour. I just wanted to put it out there to our listeners before we sign off that uh, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is contact.shifthappens.me or at gmail.com. Say that again. Don't confuse them. Contact.shifthappens at gmail.com. And our website is shifthappens.media. And we have been in the process of shifting our site to a new server. So it's been kind of not getting updated for a while now. But beware, I will be on top of it soon. And there will be a bunch of shows posted to that. And you can always comment on our Facebook page shifthappens.media So hold on for amplifying voices of our community on Kootenai Co-op Radio. <laughs>